Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. What I struggled with was how to take portraits but still shoot the same kind of style that I shot before. I still wanted to shoot people like models. I wanted to light them and retouch them like models. I wanted them to feel beautiful, but I wanted it to be authentically them, a more realistic version. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Jay Mayhew, and Jay takes the type of photos that make me stop and stare because they are so beautiful. And you know what I really love is that while Jay was in the commercial and fashion photography world many years ago, but now she photographs everyday women as her clients, but she makes them look like they are models and that they could be in a magazine. And if you're in a rut with creativity or you're just wondering how to take your typical client photos to the next level... I mean, really, so you can stand out and be the photographer that everyone just has to book. This is definitely the episode for you. And also, I cannot recommend enough to listen to Jay speak at the Online Portrait Masters Conference on September 22nd. So Jay built her business from the ground up, just like the rest of us, and I just cannot wait to learn from her how she adds these extra gorgeous elements into her photos that just really make them next level. Okay, let's listen to Jay's story. Hey, Jay, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. You're all the way in St. Louis. Is that right? Yes. Good morning from two hours ahead of you. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I am on East Coast time. So I'm in Detroit. Oh. Well, in Michigan. Good morning from an hour behind you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Our podcast team, the rest of the team, they are all in Pacific time. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where most of Sue's team is, except our customer service person. If you ever email support for Sue Bryce Education, Ella and I both live in Michigan, but we're the only two. Everyone else is is West Coast. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So not quite as early for you. That's good. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) So, okay. Now, I am super, super excited because you are one of our portrait masters, speakers, and instructors. And we're going to talk a little bit later about what you're going to teach about. But, you know, if you've ever listened to the podcast, what I love to do and what the listeners seem to really love is to hear everyone's journey. Like, how did you get to where you are today? And everyone kind of just loves to hear the struggles and the successes and what has worked for you. So obviously, you've come a long way in your career. I mean, you're going to be on the Portrait Master stage, well, our online stage this year. (laughs) Yeah, so I just have a ton of questions because I know that, you know, you have a successful business and that doesn't just happen overnight. So Mm -hmm. would you mind just telling me a little bit about what kind of brought you into this, you know, kind of creative fashion portrait photography world? Because your work is incredible. So I'm I'm just curious to hear how you got there. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I'm going to back up a little bit. So I grew up in Germany. My father was in the military. And so my first memories are of visiting castles and museums and and the old world art and the statues and the, you know, the marble sculptures. And that left such an impression on me. And it's something that I can recognize now. I did not realize it at the time, but that was kind of my first intro into what I would call early portraiture. You know, those first paintings and the pictures were just so Mm -hmm. sensual and romantic and soft, but I'm not a painter. And my stick people are not even very realistic. Like that, that was not that was not going to be a career for me. So I was in you know the high school age, and I was really into graphic design and that sort of thing on the computer. And my mom really tried to encourage me to go into that, but being 15 and all knowing, I was like, no, that's not a career for me. I'm not going to do that. So in my wisdom, I majored in public relations. Ended up working in politics after university, which was very painful for me. It is the opposite of anything artistic. It is very cut and dried. It's very cutthroat. And I really struggled because just my soul felt like it was dying. It was just soul crushing for right, me. Right. So I'm in the midst of this, paying DC rent prices and made the life-altering decision to just quit my job. Not recommended, not giving that advice to anybody. But I quit my job. And so now I, I'm sitting there with not a whole lot to do. And I had a girlfriend come to me and she said, hey, I want to take some pictures for my boyfriend for his birthday. Could you do it? And with no experience, but tons of confidence, I said, yes. So we went to a park and I I photographed her. And in hindsight, the pictures were terrible. They were terrible. (laughs) I think we can all say that like about some of the sessions we did. It's like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Oh, so sorry. But at the time, it's like. Everything is, you know, wonderful. Yes. You don't know what you don't know. But, you know, she loved them. And I just, I felt like I came alive during that portrait session. I felt like I had something to give. I felt like it was just an amazing moment to be able to create something that had not existed two seconds before and to give it to someone and have them feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I started to delve into photography, but I didn't at that point know, you know, the different genres. I didn't understand fashion versus portrait, but I did have a couple of girlfriends who were models and I asked them, hey, could you come over and could I just take some pictures of you? So in my tiny little DC apartment against a white wall, I am shooting these beautiful models. And that led me over the next couple of years into to the fashion side of photography. So I was shooting for magazines, I was shooting for agencies, I was shooting for you know lookbooks for fashion designers, that sort of thing. And I loved it. I loved it because it was just pure creativity. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about realism. It was just about the vision that you had. And quite honestly, like it just, it lit my heart on fire. A few years after that, I went through a life change and ended up stepping away from photography for about three years. And I was doing some other things during that time. And I had friends, you know, messaging me going, what are you doing? Like, this is not what you do. Like pick up the camera again. Mm -hmm. But I just wasn't in a place where I was ready to do that. And then I had my daughter. And shortly after that, my husband turned to me and he said, I think it's time. You know, like your soul needs it. Because I I guess it was obvious to everyone around me that I was struggling. (laughs) Right. It's harder for us to see sometimes. (laughs) It's so hard. And, you know, in that time, I had thought about going to school to be a fashion designer, but I cannot sew or draw or design. I thought about being a hairstylist and I cannot braid. I thought about being a makeup artist. Like I wanted to do something creative. And I think there was just a part of me that was fighting against picking up the camera again. And I don't know what that internal block was, but 
I picked it up again. And at this point, I was no longer living in DC or New York like I had been. I was living in the St. Louis area. This was about three and a half years ago. And first off, of course, I'm rusty because I haven't been shooting for three years. And so it was emotionally a very painful thing to feel like my work just wasn't what it was. And that was a hard thing to keep shooting when you feel like you've gone backwards. But in addition, the market was just different. I, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't surrounded by models. I wasn't getting, you know, requests for lookbooks and all these other things. And so I thought, okay, if I'm going to keep shooting, I have to shoot something different. I have to figure out you know, another way to, to expand this. And so I had a couple of girlfriends who asked me if I would take their picture. And I said, okay, sure. And I started you know, moving some things out of the way in my home and just setting up a little space and started shooting. And quite honestly, it just snowballed from there for me. But what I struggled with was how to take portraits, but still shoot the same kind of style that I shot before. Mm -hmm. I still wanted to shoot people like models. I wanted to light them and retouch them like models. I wanted them to feel beautiful, but I wanted it to be authentically them, a more realistic version. Because if you're shooting a model, you can, you know, make her neck six inches longer for the effect of a photo and it doesn't matter. You're not going to do that in a portrait. It still needs to look like your client. You just want to add those creative elements. So it has been a process over the last three and a half years of marrying that past experience, my past life, with this portrait, you know, layer on top of it. And and Sue Bryce has been instrumental in that for me because it's also just such a different industry. And I was really, I mean, I might as well have had no photography experience for the fact of business in that aspect. So it it's been quite a journey, but I am so utterly in love with what I do. And it's it's that much more rewarding because I still shoot fashion, I still shoot for magazines, I still get to travel for some of that. But the bulk of my work is portraits. And when you're shooting a model who is young and beautiful, no matter who shoots her, she is going to look lovely because she is lovely. You know, like it's just, she's young and lovely. But when you're shooting a client, maybe someone in her forties who has struggled with self-esteem and you don't know when a client is standing in front of you, what their scars are. Some of them are visible. Most of them are invisible. You know, just because someone is conventionally attractive does not mean they feel attractive. Mm -hmm. And so creating an experience for them where they feel seen and loved and beautiful and, and it just makes them that much more accepting of themselves that's rewarding on a whole different level. And I have just utterly fallen in love with that side of what I get to do. I'm truly in love with it. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, that's a whole lot in a nutshell. And (laughs) yeah, yeah, I want to back up a little bit because obviously, you know, this is about portraits and everything, but I'm super curious and I know others are as well about what it was like for you in that whole commercial world. And do you think that maybe that had something to do with you not wanting to pick up your camera because right now when I hear you talk about what you do now, like you can feel the passion. And like you said, it's about making your clients feel beautiful and powerful. And, and like, I can tell you love it just by your work, the way you speak about it. So I'm curious not to say that there's like something negative about commercial and fashion or whatever. I'm just wondering if it, you know, was just a little bit of a different experience and like, was it lucrative for you? And so just tell me a little bit about what that was like for you in that world. Absolutely. It was lucrative. I have strangely found portraiture to be more lucrative Mm -hmm. for me. I think partially I came to a place where I was more willing to embrace what I think I'm worth. So there may have just been some sense of being newer back in the day and not knowing to charge as much. It was lucrative, but again, there are so many photographers who want to make it in fashion who are willing to shoot for trade or shoot for the dreaded word exposure or whatever else. And so frequently I would lose jobs because I was going to charge and someone else was willing to do it for free. With portraits, if someone wants your style, your style or my style, they have to come 
come to one of us. Like you can't just ask for my style from the person down the road who's charging $200 for a shoot and burn session. So I think that made it a more exclusive kind of experience. I was going through so much back in that time. I had health stuff going on. I went through a divorce. Like there was just so much going on in that series of years when I stepped away. And I, I feel like that entanglement really just made it cloudy for me to shoot my vision. I think I struggled to find joy in what I was doing. And I just had to get to a place where emotionally I was ready to put myself back into my work because that's what we do. We invest ourselves. Your soul is in your pictures. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why it's so recognizable. It's not just the camera settings and the background you use. Your style comes from your vision. And and to be able to be transparent and, and real with that, I think you have to be in a place where you're accepting of yourself. And it just took me a minute to get back there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, I it makes me wonder if you connect like so much to just the whole photographing kind of the everyday woman. And that's not to say that models, you know, models are obviously obviously human beings and women and I'm sure also have self-value and just, you know, self-esteem issues and growth to do and all of that. I'm just wondering if, you know, for someone who maybe has never felt beautiful and has never had beautiful photos for you to be able to step in and do that for someone when you said you were kind of going through your own, you know, self-esteem issues, if that has anything mm-hmm. to do with why you connect with the experience you give so much? Oh, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. I mean, so much of a portrait is about the photographer. I think that's part of style as well. I think you see whoever took the picture reflected in their work. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure that's part of it is I feel very much on the inside, like that girl who was not seen, who was the funny friend or whatever else, you know, and, and who wanted to feel pretty, who just really wanted to be pretty. And I understand that, that core longing, if that's something that my clients relate to. And I think the types of clients that I attract are the people who, who want to celebrate that side of themselves. Of course, that's not for everybody, but the people who come to me, I do think I can relate to them on that core level. Yeah. And, you know, I imagine that the experience that you give your clients is a huge part of why you are successful. And when I look at your photos, um, just to let people out there know, you have multiple silver awards and the portrait masters, you have your accreditation, you know, your work is absolutely incredible. If you scroll through your Instagram, it's just like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. And there's this one photo that you've taken. And I encourage people to check out your your work both on Instagram and if you go to the find a photographer page on the Sue Bryce Education website, they can scroll down and find your name and see the photos of yours that have won awards and that are your top scoring awards. There's this one blonde maternity photo. She's got this fishtail braid and she's in a white bodysuit and it looks like she's in a field, but she's not. (laughs) I mean, this photo is one of my favorite portraits that I've ever seen ever, ever. There's just something about the way you've lit her and the expression and just everything about it is so gorgeous. Thank you. (laughs) So anyway, my point is on top of saying how incredible your work is, oh, this one too. This one I absolutely love. She's this gorgeous black woman with the flowers on her head. So good. So I'm curious, what experience do you give to your clients that, I mean, it's just, your work is just next level. So I guess two questions. Are the people that you photograph and, and the ones that we see, are these your typical everyday clients or are you 
shooting specifically models for awards and, and what is the experience that you bring in general? I know that's a lot of questions. No, those are great questions. So yes, these are my typical types of clients. There are times, of course, where I will bring someone in because I just have an idea and I really want to try something out, mm-hmm. but you tend to attract what you show. And so what I'm showing is what I'm attracting. But the experience really is a huge part of it because it is more than about the final image, especially if you are charging you know, for kind of that luxury experience, you want to give them this concierge service and make them just feel like they are in a five-star experience for the whole thing. So when my clients first book, we get on the phone, I talk to them about what their dream shoot looks like, I talk to them about my process, and I let them know that the day of the shoot, they're going to have their own glam squad, they're going to have their own private hair and makeup artist who's going to stay with them the whole shoot, touch them up, make them feel beautiful. And during the shoot, I only work with a handful of stylists. I'm very selective in, in the type of work that I want to bring in and the type of energy that I want to bring in. I'm so big on energy. And part of this experience is making my clients feel special and pampered and beautiful. And so I want to have stylists here who can physically do that, but also emotionally do that. So they're up in hair and makeup for about an hour and a half getting ready for the first look. And during that time, I'm both sitting with them, talking with them, refilling their champagne, making sure they're having a nice time, and in the studio, steaming clothes for them, setting things up, making sure that as soon as they're ready, we're, we're set to go for the first look. From my fashion days, so like back when you are shooting a magazine, shooting for a magazine, you want to have five to eight completely independent looks. That means wardrobe has changed, hair has changed, makeup has changed, the background has probably changed. You are just creating this whole story. And possibly to my own detriment, I try to do that with every one of my portrait sessions, which can become a lot, I won't lie. But what I try to do is create at least five to six different looks. And that means for that for every set, I am changing the backgrounds, I am changing the lighting, we are changing wardrobe and something the makeup is changing. Usually the hair will change once or twice throughout the session as well. And so then at the reveal, they feel like they have five to six completely different shoots to look through instead of you know, 30 beautiful images from one shoot. I'm showing them 100 to 200 images from five to six different looks. And then of course they want, you know, more images, which then from my business model is is more lucrative. So I've tried to marry kind of that editorial story with the portrait experience. Mm-hmm. But throughout the shoot, they are sipping on champagne. I have makeup artists rubbing lotion onto their feet sometimes, like so that they're, <laughs> you know, awesome. their feet are more soft. Like we we give them, you know, the best service that we possibly can. So I'm thrilled that they love their pictures, but I think they they wouldn't refer me to their friends the way they did if the experience didn't match that. Yeah. And then afterwards for my VIP clients, I'm sending Tiffany's gifts and thank you cards. And I just want the whole thing to just feel very loved on. Yeah. So fortunately that that's gotten me some good word of mouth. So I think it's working. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. And cause when I look at your work, it doesn't look to me like most people's typical client work. And I think a lot of people out there really want to elevate to this so that you it is like an experience that you're not going to get from the photographer down the street like this is a you know a dream come true truly like make me look like the magazines type experience yeah. matching their personality is this something you're going to be teaching when you speak for the portrait masters conference this year Absolutely. So I attended the first two portrait masters in person. I was not able to attend the third in person, but of course I watched it online. And when Sue invited me to speak after I was done like screaming with excitement, I really started (laughs) thinking about, you know, what I could bring to the table that would be beneficial and helpful and that hadn't been talked about before. And initially I was going to talk more about editorializing your portraits and that sort of thing. And then the quarantine happened and everything with COVID happened. And once we knew that we would be starting back up online, 
I just felt like my talk wasn't right anymore. I felt like it was too maybe technical and maybe right for another time. Mm -hmm. But in Mm -hmm. this age of what is going on, I wanted to offer something that would be both practically applicable, but inspiring because I feel like at least for myself, I could use some inspiration right now. Like things, things are tough, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mm-hmm. you don't know when things are going to get better. So when I sat down and really thought about what has shaped my work, at the crux of it for me, it has been curiosity. Albert Einstein once said, I have no special talent. I am only passionately curious. And I love that quote so much. I mean, obviously he, he had a special talent, like <laughs> we all know this, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I love the idea of that because the truth is when, you know, if you could see those first pictures that I took when I started out, I didn't come into this with some secret special gift for photography. They sucked. Those were some bad pictures. It took years and years of, you know, bad pictures and mediocre pictures and then better pictures. And then even in the midst of when you know what you're doing, there are still moments where there are bad pictures. You know, to say that your growth as an artist is linear is just wrong. You have this curve up and down the line, but it's your upward trajectory that matters. So what I want to talk about at the conference is the creative power of curiosity. And I want to talk about how to practically harness your curiosity to drive creativity, which will then elevate your work. So I want to give really practical applications of this, ways to challenge your curiosity, ways to see with creativity. I'm going to give a list of creative prompts at the end to help people you know, elevate their work and give them some things to work on during this time. My goal is that at the end of it, you are inspired by your own work. You are inspired to try new things and you are inspired to grow and that I have given you some practical steps to do that. Oh, I love this. This is going to be amazing. (laughs) Again, like looking at your photos, I'm like, okay, I want to know how she does that. So the fact that you're going to give us practical things that we can do and practice is going to be so, so helpful. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I think we kind of all get into this rut sometimes. I know I do where it's like, you know, I I love my clients. Like I have the best clients. I love doing my personal branding, but I always like to do at least one special, really amazing, different out of the box look or photo for Mm -hmm. each of my clients. But I do, I get stuck in a rut sometimes. So I think this will be really, really helpful. And like for me (laughs) and for everyone really listening. So I'm excited about this. I think so. I mean, creativity is a hard thing. And, you know, when I stepped away for those three years, I think I was just in a really dry place. I was just in a place where I didn't have creativity to give and it took some time. But now, I mean, I can't imagine not actively shooting. I almost Mm -hmm. feel like I'm not an introvert in the sense that I'm quiet, but I'm an introvert in the sense that if we walk into a room full of people, I'm not going to be the one making friends immediately. I'm someone that's a little slower to warm up. But when I'm holding a camera, it's like this alter ego and I just come alive and I am directing and I am confident. And I just, I love who I am in that moment. And I love that I can empower women through that. And it's just, it's a very powerful experience to be a part of. And I cannot imagine not having it in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can tell that you're passionate about it and so creative and this is, yeah, this is really great. I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit more about your business because I know people are probably wondering, how do you structure it? How are you? I know you said you get a lot of referrals from word of mouth because of the experience you give, but, you know, do you market? Do you have set pricing? Do you have packages? You know, what is your overall business model? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I do use Instagram and Facebook. I've done some marketing through that. I attempted some of like the Google AdWords in the past and didn't feel like that really came back for what I had paid for it. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I do use social media, but most of it is through my clients or through like I, I had one maternity session not long ago where she just found me through the, you know, the keyword on Instagram for St. Louis maternity photographer. So sometimes it's just it's that easy. Oh, Someone's nice. just looking for you. So making sure that you are tagging the area that you are in, I think is huge. Because for a long time, I didn't do that. I don't know why I didn't do that. But I, I noticed a huge upswing in bookings when people knew where to find me. Shocker. But in terms of my packages, I do. So I offer I offer the folio boxes. I offer albums. And I offer wall art. My intro package is $14.90. My albums start at $36.90. And my average sale right now is at $5,000 per session. So it's fantastic. Yeah. So I mean, it fluctuates. I will have some clients come in and spend $2,500. And some come in and spend you know $11,000. So it just depends where people are comfortable. But I do try to structure my packages such that people are pushed forward in wanting more. I think one of the problems that I had in the beginning when I was trying to price things is I didn't understand some of the psychology of sales. I didn't understand that, you know, your medium package is really what you should expect most people to get. But if you want them to go for the medium package, you have to make the smallest package pretty dry. They have to be driven up. If the two are Mm -hmm. semi-comparable, they're going to go with the less expensive one. And then like for me, my albums start at the same price as my largest folio collection. So the same amount of images, 25 images in a folio or 25 images in an album are both $36.90, but the albums, you can then start adding on more images. And so if they want the album, they have to go with the larger package. You don't get the album if you do the medium package. So structuring it such that if they want the really pretty sexy things, they have to move up the ladder, it helps. But I'm also, I'm so transparent with my pricing. I struggled with the sales side of this for a long time and not just, you know, the artistic, I'm struggling to charge because I don't necessarily feel like I'm worth it thing, but just the sales pressure. I hate sales pressure. If I walk mm-hmm. into a store it's and I'm worst. hounded by a salesperson, I leave. Like I hate yep. it. So it's the worst. It's the worst. So I didn't want to be salesy, but you know, a part of it is just being confident as you speak your pricing. You're not for everybody. You know, some people are looking to spend $300 and get a CD. And you know, there is no compromise between what I do and that. Either they're looking for that kind of photographer or they're coming to me for what I do. So I think being confident confident has been huge, but also just making sure people understand the pricing from the get-go. You know, from the first time that we're on the phone, I talk them through the pricing. I send them the pricing in an email. I send them a welcome packet that has the pricing in it. At their reveal, I go through the pricing again. You will still have that one client, you know, who pretends they haven't seen the pricing up until the moment they're ready to buy things, and that's always fun. But for most people, you know, they're really understanding of what is expected at that point. And if you've done your job right, by the time the sales session is actually in place, they already know all this. They've kind of gotten over the sticker shock. So, you know, it's always a work in progress. I feel like I improve a little bit mm-hmm. with every sales session, but but we're, get, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, you know, you said it, some great points in there. One being that you show them the pricing multiple times. Like the last thing we want is for them to be like, wait a minute, right. this was not clear to me. So that's awesome that you do that. Now, obviously you just said that sales wasn't always easy for you, but you know, having been in the commercial fashion industry and then taking the break and then coming back, did you start charging right out the gate these prices or did you have to work your way back up to that? 
I was charging from the minute I started up again, but I was not charging anything like what I'm charging now because I just didn't even know like what is expected of mm-hmm. of portrait pricing. You know, for a commercial shoot, maybe you're making 20 grand for that day, you know, when everyone's prices are included. You know, real people, of course, aren't going to pay that. So I was definitely undercharging, but a big part of that was just a lack of education. I didn't even know what I was worth. Over time, as my skills have gotten more consistent, because that was one thing that I struggled so much with in that transition is... When you're lighting a model, you can do some pretty extreme things. You know, you're not necessarily always looking for flattering. Sometimes it's just a dramatic effect. It's not supposed to be real. It's fantasy, you know. But when you're shooting a real person, not only does it have to look real, but it needs to be flattering. Mm -hmm. And if you're shooting a 40-year-old woman who is, you know, maybe not as comfortable with her her body type at this stage in life, you're going to light her so differently than a 14-year-old who is six feet tall and, you know, a size double zero. So learning how to light such that my clients felt beautiful in those pictures was a struggle. And that has happened over time. And so I feel like kind of organically my pricing has matched where I've been at skill-wise. You know, I mentor quite a few photographers and as we talk pricing, I want them to be paid you know, what they're worth. I want them to be able to make a living with this because someone who, you know, shoots for 30 minutes and hands you a CD and charges you $100, you know, you would have to run yourself ragged just to try to make a living doing that. Right. But there is something to your skills to some extent have to sort of match where, you know, your pricing is. If you are brand new, this pricing may not work for you, but maybe you get there in a year or two. So making sure that it it is enough that you have a sustainable business, but also realistic for where you're at. And I try to keep it such that it's not too price inhibitive. I have some clients who come in and they have literally been saving for two years for this experience and they are just so excited to be here. And it's not going to be my biggest sale, but it's a very meaningful sale because they have wanted this for so long. And then you have some clients to whom 15,000 is nothing. They're just going to hand you their credit card. So, Mm -hmm, you know, it's mm -hmm. all over the place, all over the place. It's just a wonderful thing to get to do that for so many different types of people. Yeah, that's great. And it sounds like that's just such good advice for people. Like, make sure, you know, well, although I will say that some people, when they're just starting out, they're like bold and they're like, I'm starting out at a thousand dollars. They are. But it seems like the people who are starting in that way have skills, you know, they can actually take professional standard portraits. So that's, yeah, that's a really important point that you bring up. Now, do you have a studio or are you shooting out of your home? Where are you shooting? So in the past, I've had a studio. So when we moved to St. Louis, I at that time was not shooting and did not initially planned to be shooting. And we moved into a home that had half of one of the stories unfinished. And it was used for storage. And then I had a girlfriend ask me after we'd been here, I think for six months, you know, could you just take this picture? I need it for whatever. I'm like, okay. So we pushed some boxes out of the way. I hung up a backdrop. We took the picture. Well, that slowly started snowballing and I'm pushing more and more boxes out of the way until I'm telling my husband he has to like weed out, you know, (laughs) half of his military stuff. And then then things are getting pushed into the back room. And then over time, it became this very large studio space, but it still wasn't finished. So there was a part of me that was really struggling with the fact that I'm bringing people in here and asking them to spend a lot of money and I'm shooting them in an unfinished basement. Like this, this is not sexy, but my clients never complained. Like they didn't have an issue with it. And then towards, I'd say the middle of last year, I just got to a breaking point with it. I was like, that, like, this isn't enough. It's enough. Either I'm getting a studio space and I started looking because I wanted higher ceilings because I think I have like 10 foot ceilings, but there's some beams that come down and I wanted natural light because I had neither one. I have to say not having natural light
light was one of the biggest dark blessings that I've ever been given because my lighting skills are night and day from what they were when I started shooting in that space because I had no you choice. You had to, yeah. I had to get better. I had to. And so as much as it frustrated me for years, now I truly consider it a blessing. But so I started looking for spaces and I had seen some spaces before then that I had thought, oh, when I'm ready to find a space, that would be great. I could not find anything. And then COVID came around and I'm like, thank you, universe. Like I'm not paying rent on a space that I can't use for four months. But I decided to refinish that space. And now it is this beautiful space. I created four different shooting corners such such that before I even hang up a backdrop, I have places to shoot because I want to create those four to six different looks for every session. So there's a textured wall corner. There are canvases nailed up to one of the walls. I created a black corner with embellishment on the wall. And like there's just, there's all these different corners that I can shoot in. And then I can also hang my backdrops. And it really is a beautiful space. And I have clients come in and just go, wow. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, yes, like that, that's the goal. So at the moment, I am shooting out of my home, but you know, it's working quite well. Yeah, that's so great. And you said you had a daughter? I do. I have a daughter who's four and a half. Oh, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. And then, you know, with everything that's going on right now, I'm curious, has any of your, you know, shooting structure changed? Or, you know, is, does she have to be at home with you? Or how are you kind of, you know, utilizing your time right now. Yeah. So we actually moved here from New York because my parents live three minutes down the road from the house that we purchased. Oh, so nice. Yeah, That's so, so nice. Because nice. I also raised my stepson and and with the two kids and being in New York where my husband was working insanely long hours with the commute and everything, I just, I needed help or I wasn't going to get to work again. And even before I was actively shooting, I wanted the option to do that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So my parents are here to help, which is fantastic. And and it's just, it's been a wonderful thing to be that close to family for this for this period in time. Yeah, that's awesome. We moved from Seattle back to Michigan for the same reason. We just did not have any family out there and friends are great, but yeah. it's just not the same. So having our family here, it's like totally priceless. So I can, re- can relate to that. It's a game changer for sure. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm just, again, I'm just looking through your photos, you know, as we're sitting here talking and I'm, I'm trying to imagine just like being in your basement, not that it's not, you know, a, a beautiful, <laughs> lovely space, but People often will say, I don't have money for a studio. I don't have natural light in my house. Like, I feel like there's really no excuse when I see your work that you are in a basement with no natural light. Like, <laughs> like there is no excuse. And, oh, yeah. and I'm so, so, so excited that you're going to be teaching us, you know, how to create these really just unique, different looks for our clients and to use that curiosity. Like you said, I think this is going to be a game changer for people. I hope so. I I think people would be surprised what they're capable of. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just takes a prompt or it takes an idea. And over the course of my career, I have found ways that have worked for me because you don't always walk into a shoot inspired. I always mood board out my shoots. I always go in with inspiration. And that was something that, you know, it came from my my fashion side because there was always a mood board so that the designer, the makeup artist, the hairstylist, the model, everyone could see what was expected of the day. And when I started shooting portraits, I didn't start that immediately because I thought it's portraits. Like I can't help what the client brings in terms of wardrobe and I don't know what they're going to want. And after maybe a year of doing that and feeling like the pictures were kind of eh, like they were okay, but they were nothing to get super excited about. I thought, okay, what's missing is my inspiration. So I started mood boarding out my portrait sessions. And number one, my clients feel that much more special because I'm planning for them in advance. I do ask them to make me Pinterest boards or text me pictures leading up until their session such that I know what they're excited about. But I also bring my own ideas to the 
table. So they're feeling that much more catered to. And I go in with some really specific ideas. It can be lighting specific, it can be pose specific, wardrobe specific, whatever. But just going in with an idea helps you to transform it into something else. Because the idea isn't just to copy, but to emulate intelligently, which is something that I'm also talking about in that talk about how to transform things so that they are authentic to you, even if they're not completely original, authentic to your style. Awesome. Oh, I'm so excited. This is going to be so great. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing just your journey with us and and a little bit about what you're going to be teaching. It's just going to be such an incredible, incredible conference. You know, obviously not what we initially planned, but sometimes, you know, it's like, all right, this is the situation we're in and how can we make the best of it? And I have a feeling this is going to be one of the best conferences out there, if not the best. I'm so excited. It's going to be amazing. And just the, the talent that is involved, I am beyond honored to be included in this panel of, of artists. It's and quite a panel. <laughs> it's quite a panel. Oh my God. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So I always ask our guests the same questions at the end of each each episode. So number one is what's something you cannot live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Oh, okay. Green tea for me because ah. that gets me going and a fan for my clients because who doesn't like the cover girl hair? Like right. it makes it all the difference. All the difference. It does. Oh, it can turn just like, oh, that's a pretty photo into like, wow. <laughs> well, it activates this otherwise still moment. And I just think that there's something so powerful in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's such a great way to put it. Okay. Number two, how do you spend your time when you're not working? Oh my goodness, there's not much of that. But I, I love to work out. I'm at the gym a lot. And if I'm not at the gym, I'm with my family or with a couple of girlfriends. But I have a beautiful family and I don't get to see them nearly enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Number three, what is your favorite inspirational quote? Oh, so Doug Menuey, who is an award-winning American photographer, he once said, talent takes you to the starting line, effort puts you in the race, insane dedication gets you to the front of the pack. And I just love that because I think there is this idea that in any kind of artistic you know, industry, it's the most talented people who end up on top. And the thing is, that's not true. You know, There are recording artists who are not the greatest vocalists of our generation, who are some of the best artists of our generation. There is a difference between being the most successful and being the most talented. And so when we get frustrated comparing ourselves to other photographers on Instagram and Facebook and feeling like we don't measure up, I think sometimes you just have to take a step backwards and realize that maybe you're not at the front of the pack yet but you're on your way. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? And it, like you said, it's, you know, sometimes it's just like that grit, you know, that drive, yes. that tenacity to really go forward and keep pushing, even at those times when it's so hard or you're, you know, there was a failure in some way or whatever to keep going. Like, you, oh, it's, I love that quote. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Okay. Number four, what would you say to people who are just getting started? Oh, I would say... It's going to be hard before it gets easy, but it's going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. I would say get educated, tune into places like Sue Bryce Education or any other tutorial that you're interested in. Just start learning and start shooting before you think you're ready. Just start shooting. Because, so another one of my favorite quotes is little by little one travels far. And it's attributed in many places to Tolkien, but he didn't actually write it. So I'm not sure who wrote it, but it's the truth. It's just little by little. Like I said before, your, your progress as an artist is not an upward trajectory. When I was in Texas, in Austin, where I really kind of started my photography career, I had what I thought was just my best shoot of all time. It was amazing. I'd reached a new level. It was a breakthrough. I was a genius for like 24 hours. It was great. The next day, literally the next day, 
I had the worst shoot of my career. Mm -hmm. It was a short career at that point, but the worst. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being so crushed and feeling like, how did that happen? Like, I thought I had gotten better. But that is creativity. That's inspiration. That's art. It's not linear. And so just keep going even when you don't feel like it. Because the artists who are successful had plenty of days when they didn't feel like it and they picked Mm -hmm. up the camera anyways. Yeah. I love that advice. Very wise. Okay, so my next question is, where can we find you? But before you tell us about your online, where we can find you online and just your social media, you will be at the Portrait Masters Conference online Tuesday, September 22nd. If you have not gotten your tickets yet, make sure you go to theportraitmasterslive.com, theportraitmasterslive.com. That's where you can get your tickets. The ticket price starts at $199, so this is not a bad deal, guys. Like it's, It's just so, so, so worth it. Okay, so Jay, where can people find you online? Okay, so on Instagram, it's just my name, J-A-I-M-A-Y-H-E-W, Jay Mayhew. My website is just jmayhew.com. Facebook is the same, Jay Mayhew Photography. YouTube, Jay Mayhew Photography. I try to keep it really simple. (laughs) There's only one Jay Mayhew that I'm aware of, so you should be able to find me pretty easy. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you again for taking time out today, and I just cannot wait for your talk. Really, really, really excited. Thank you so much for having me. All right, take care. You too. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35, and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love, and there are posing downloads, lighting downloads, I mean truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.